post saying that we should allow our black men to have side chicks. Who? Monique. Who? Monique. Um, the, the comedian. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's did. what they do. Right? She got a lot of heat yeah, for she that. had her and her husband have an open marriage. Mm. <laughs> but is to me, it should be if that's gonna be the case, it need to be reciprocated. It's the way she going about it. Sound like I'm just gonna let him do his thing so I can get whatever I can get without being stressed and without it being secret. I just let him do his thing. I don't. I don't really like that. I don't like having to do it because you feel like your man gonna do whatever anyway. But I don't think that's why they have an open relationship. I think she was just making a statement about it because they've been doing this for years and they've both been dating other people outside their marriage. I never got that. I never got the inclination that she was dating. She was at people. one point. Now I don't know if she is now. We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professional how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. special guest with us today. I'm Tiffany Story. And, and I'm Lamar Story. And we have Miss Bree Carr and Mr. Eddie Sharp with us. You guys say what's up? What's up? Hey, what's up now? Um, so today's podcast, we are actually talking about the stress of dating in 2019. She just made y'all speak though. Hold on. <laughs> She's like, you guys say what's up. Like, she's the teacher. Speak. Everybody say hi. Now, this is your cue. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about having guests this yeah. season. We didn't have a lot of guests. We were just trying to get a feel for the podcast last season. Um, but this season I'm really excited about introducing new people and different perspectives to the podcast and what I'm excited about is that we have two black therapists in yeah, here who are that's what's up. you know you guys mm-hmm. can offer some different perspective because you're in the mental health field and um, I think we get to see crazy on different levels when you work <laughs> in the mental health field yeah. um, so I don't know if you guys do this but when I'm engaging with other people I'm constantly like analyzing them and their behaviors and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm interested to see as we talk if that kind of stuff kind of creeps into your date life. Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But first of all, let's let them introduce themselves. Yeah, I'm sorry. I will get to that too. Yeah, so introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Eddie Sharp. I am an LPC licensed professional counselor in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I'm co-founder of the agency Restoring Hopes, where we work in the community with children and families. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of firsthand trauma from relationships gone bad, Mm -hmm. um, working with uh, the children of parents who couldn't get it together most of the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, and in poverty-stricken situations. So it's like layered issues. Uh, So a lot of my perspective these days has come from what I see children ending up as from failed relationships. So Mm -hmm. a lot of my energy goes to trying to figure out how do you craft a good relationship starting with dating gotta start with dating yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's that's what i got that's yeah. what's up well i am brie carr um i am also a licensed um therapist lpc in birmingham alabama um so primarily i work as a behavioral health advisor um, working across the state of alabama and then i do um psychiatric counseling at uab part time 
So kind of like what Eddie said, we see a lot of what happens when relationships go bad. A lot of our clients that we see um, from conflicted relationships with their parents, with their children, with their um, love interests or whatever you want to name it. Um, so we see a lot of that stuff in the work that we do. And it does start, like you said, with dating and our the relationships that we develop over time plays a role in who we are and then the future relationships that we have. So I think we see a lot of that in, in the work we do. Good, good. I want to go back to you too, Eddie. What, and to you, Bree, if people want to find out more about your organization, because you also do, do you do private counseling as well, Bree? Yeah. Okay, you can give Just us started. some information yeah. about that. So we can give us your information first, Eddie. Okay, uh, you can Google Restoring Hopes, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll find all of our information. Okay. Um, the website is restoring-hopes.com. Okay. And it just, that's the way to get in contact with me if you're looking for therapy, if you're looking for a black male therapist, or if you're just looking for information about where to find the best place to connect with services, mm -hmm. I'm usually going to be available. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. And for mine, you can, um, I mean, if you're looking for therapy, you can find me on Psychology, psychology Today. And then my website is sparklifetransform.com. And so it'll have all my information as far as counseling and personal training and stuff like that and consulting. All so, right, cool. Yeah. Thank you. So today's topic, the stress of being single and dating in 2019, something I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Lamar have been literally married almost 14 years this June. Um, Yay. <laughs> y'all know he pity. Don't make him enthusiasm. <laughs> so I feel like the rules have changed so much just listening to the friends that um, we have that are single or um, or have maybe gone through a divorce and jumping back into the dating scene. It's just seeming like things are different. I think things are different too. Um, depending on your age too like the, there's a huge generation difference uh, you know how dating looks and you know the rules of engagement and so um with living the stress life a lot of times what we do is we'll find a topic we're interested in discussing and then we'll kind of look at articles and see like what's out there like what information what are people saying and so um me and Lamar kind of did some homework we both found different things one of the things i found was this article by Elite Daily. It was just posted maybe about June, uh, no, beginning of May, April. Um, and it says, if you're casually dating in 2019, here are seven things you want to know. And so I'm going to kind of go through the seven things, but then I have some questions that I feel like I'm going to, you know, that are important to like really discuss and how, it's, how it is to date in 2019 because some of these things I didn't really think about until today. And so, the, the seven things were apps before drinks. It talks about how 27% of young adults reported using dating apps, which is nearly triple um, the 10% rate that was reported in 2013. Um, that there are so many different apps to that own app be true, meaning that you have to find the right app for you, depending on what you're looking for and mention that um, if you're looking for a long-term relationship, there are certain apps you can go to. Uh, whereas if you're looking for a short-term or a fling, you know, then there are other apps that you would search. And um, still, and, uh, hold on, let me just jump in because, like, the whole app thing, <laughs> like, you know, we, like she said, we married almost 14 years. This is kind of new, right? 
So when I was working for this hotel, everybody that used the apps was like white folks. I was saying like black folks don't do that. You know what I mean? Like yes, they do. And he thought Snapchat I, I was the cheat app. He was like, yeah, and I was Snapchat, like, if you, you got cheat. Snapchat, you cheating like automatically. Like Snapchat is for cheaters. And then you he know got Snapchat. But I got it for business. <laughs> but it says who, though? Right? And I really don't even use it. So, um, but I had I've hired a lot of young staff, and they was like, "Why you don't have Snapchat? Why you don't have Snapchat?" I'm like, well, "For what? You know?" So I downloaded it to kind of like do little stuff with Snapchat and for the business, but I rarely even use it now. But so the app thing is is really like real for black folks, huh? Okay, well, I can't speak on the dating app because I'm not on any mm-hmm. dating apps. Okay. Eddie probably can speak a little bit more to I'm that. On every dating app. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think I do think apps are a real thing for Black people too because, like you said, a lot of a lot of things have shifted and changed, and because we have so much access to you know technology, we're really usually utilizing technology in different ways now, and so it's easy to get connected to people that you otherwise won't have access to. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads me to one of my questions, which is, if you're not using an app, why? And if you are using dating apps, why are you using them? Oh, this is perfect. Then. Well, I'll answer my, the why I'm not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm single, but I'm technically not really looking, if that makes sense. So it really is not going to really benefit me. I'm just, I'm just living my life. So you want to meet people the old-fashioned yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I like I like organic connections. The mm-hmm. authentic, you know, I get a feel for a person's energy, you know, the conversation. Because things get misconstrued over text messages and whatever, however y'all send messages on the apps. I just rather have a conversation with you. I can really get a read of you in person, read your body language and things like that versus the the apps. Swipe left, right. Yeah, the, no, let me see, let me actually hear you you know talk about different things and see how you you actually respond to what I'm saying or what you're not saying mm-hmm. you know I, that's just I just prefer the old fashioned way so so one thing I hear is that because um, majority of my clients are black females and I see that I have a lot of successful black females that are single and it's hard for them to find someone now I don't know if they're on the app like because they kind of they tend okay. to be a little older <laughs> I sound like somebody an old man. I don't know if they on that now. But a lot of them tend to be a little older, so I don't know if they're actually utilizing the apps. But um, I can also see where the apps may be beneficial to someone who's very professional, busy all the time, and don't really have time to just be out and about. What's your perspective on that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's different between men and women because... It's a lot of men on those apps who don't want to do any work as it pertains to what it normally takes to mm-hmm. build a relationship with a person. Mm-hmm. They kind of want to cut all of that work out and just interact on a sexual level. And yeah. so a professional woman who is seeking a relationship, mm-hmm. they're they not trying to hear, you know, yeah. I just want to, let's just meet today, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's difficult for women especially to weed out the problematic men in those apps that makes it really unappealing mm-hmm. for women dealing with those apps. Now, for men, on the other hand, we we supposed to be the, the aggressors. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for men to find women on those apps, especially if he's a man that's willing to lie and manipulate mm-hmm. just for, to his own end. Mm-hmm. I think it also takes away some of that fear that you have of being embarrassed when you approach a woman. Like me and my best friend were talking about how 
we were just having a conversation one time about being approached. And, you know, I was just telling her, like, it takes a lot of courage to go up to a woman or a, a person that you find attractive and try to connect. And so if that's something that you struggle with, you know, you're afraid of being rejected or you've had some bad experiences, like, boy, please, or, you know, somebody laughing like, you ugly. Like, women these days can be savages, oh, yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, and so real. I think that if you are a man who don't want to deal with that, you, you can be real bold because y'all not face-to-face. You know, you, could, you have time to contemplate about what you want to say. Do you think that part of part of that is why men choose to to do apps is it takes away that fear of rejection and you can kind of be whoever you want to be well that's a part of my response about why i'm on dating apps Mm -hmm. uh a lot of people in my life wouldn't know it today by how i communicate but i grew up not being able to communicate very well at all Mm -hmm. uh my mom worked third shift and we couldn't leave the house Mm -hmm. and when she got home so it was just me her and my brother interacting so i stayed in my room all day so uh, by the time stuff like Black Planet came out, which was, for me was the pioneer of I can passively meet people without mm-hmm. having to get out there and engage because I really don't have the skills to engage, and mm-hmm. especially not with women, mm-hmm. with the pressure that comes with engaging with women, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. And mm-hmm. it took me a long time to build the social skills up for that. So that pattern for me of you know going online, filtering through profiles, learning people, messaging people, to me, it like gave you a better way of communicating, better way of getting to know the people. Yes, without that pressure of I need to know what to say in the next two seconds to what she say and that natural exchange that yeah. comes. Because it's more like she That's sent me a message and it's like, okay, I got, got time 30 minutes, an hour. I respond in the morning to think about what I want to say, say the best thing, and then have that conversation that way so that by the time you meet that person, you've got a pretty good handle on who they are you know, um, at least from what they told you, and mm-hmm. you can continue that. It's not as organic, but based on how you communicate, you can build a relationship from that. And I've been using those apps from then until now for mm-hmm. the same reasons, mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, I just found a better way to communicate with people on those platforms in order to, you know, start building a relationship with them. That's, that's, go ahead, Brian. Mm-hmm. I found that interesting, actually. That's eye-opening that you said that... um the apps kind of give you it kind of gives you a head start into knowing like who the people are mm-hmm. but the other side of that too is that we know how social media is yeah you can be whoever you want exactly be. and that's what i was gonna say yeah. you know but it makes it easier to manipulate and put on this facade as if you're this person and in reality that may not be who you are and so when we do meet in person it's a whole different person than who i met on the app and i see you see a lot of manipulation this is from people that i know that have done the apps you do see a lot of the lying and the deceit and the manipulation just for people to have easier access and to cut all the the red tape with dating and all that stuff it just makes it so much easier to manipulate people well and i know I, one thing it's more cost effective you had to go spend a well, hundred dollars on the date and then be like i don't like her <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true but one thing i will say to what what Bree said is that the rates of infidelity and BS that men put women through was the same before technology. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it ain't like we got a major epidemic of it now because social media is just like mm-hmm. the same man that will kind of manipulate you on the app would have kind of manipulated you in the club. In person, True. Yeah. You know? I just think they just have more access to choices now. 
if that makes sense. So you oh, have do. versus where it's just people close in the area or the surrounding area that you're in. Now you have these different yeah. platforms. You can meet somebody that's in New York or you know New Orleans, and you stay in Florida or whatever the case. You just have you can a larger field. You can manipulate in both now. Yeah, and I think you also have access to a different caliber of person you would be able to engage with in person. So like, you know, if I'm a dude that may not have a lot of money, or I may be a bum, but I can say whatever I want to say in my profile, or I could be a woman that's a thought, right? But I can build myself up to be whoever I want to be, and I can keep this persona up until I actually start engaging in person. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I want to build myself up to be some dude that's got, you know, this huge portfolio of investments and all this other stuff, I can say whatever I want to say on the app. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think a lot of, from from what I understand, a lot of these apps have things they do to try to, you know, kind of weed out people and their intentions, but anybody can lie. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But what I hear, too, from the two of you guys is a difference in personality, and I think personality plays a, a huge oh, yeah. role because I hear you're being very open and that you're using this experience because you need that to be able to make a genuine connection. And for you, it's like, hands off. You can't meet nobody genuinely. This is what's well, going on. Well, I won't say that. I'm not opposed to it. It's just something I've never done. And it's just mm-hmm. like, maybe I will one day. Maybe I won't. I'm not opposed to it. But okay. it's just it's just not my thing. Yeah, I was surprised to hear my close friends that I grew up with and went to school with. We was on a, on a fellas trip. And they were talking about they're single. And they was like, yeah, they started talking about the app. And then I'm like, the y'all app. use the app. <laughs> the app. <laughs> the app. <laughs> and then I was talking to one of my um, one of my massage therapists. And he's like, yeah, I met her on this, some app. I was like, so black folks using this app they for do. real, for they real. Like, I mean, and people meet so a this lot is of the people thing. that way. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that do it. And they, mm-hmm. I mean, now some of them were doing it just for hookups. Mm-hmm. I mean, but hey, you like what you like. Yeah, you know, hookups ain't necessarily my thing, but mm-hmm. but I think it's 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 saving you time and money. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's like <laughs> back to the money, yeah. money. because I mean, like if, if your intentions is to hook up, and I think they have certain apps like I'm, I'm assuming like Tinder and Tinder was one of the and, apps. Tinder, Tinder, and this app called Bumble were two of the apps that they said people go on to find shorter flings and then mm-hmm. they, they use hinge and coffee meets bagel which really sounds like a very white app i wouldn't sign up for coffee meets bagel but okay. all of these white all of these apps are very white <laughs> <laughs> gotta, i gotta fight 15 girls on tinder to get to a black girl oh really yeah so and you on can't Bobo, just put in black girls no no oh, this is not porn on, 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 on coffee meets <laughs> Coffee meets bagel, you can. Yeah. On coffee meets bagel, you can okay. put ethnicity. Mm-hmm. On plenty of fish, you can put ethnicity. Plenty of fish, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Okay, Cupid, you can't. Some of them allow you to to wager for ethnicity, and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Bumble, the women have to reply to the men first. Oh. That's just a different dynamic, hmm. and I don't really know. I think that might be to reduce women's inbox because when I talk to my friends, they have thirty messages in their inbox yeah. every time they open up. And it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how it was with Black Planet when it first started. I mean, hella messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my inbox that never looked like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been yeah. forever. I'm gonna go see if I still got my first, Black Planet page. <laughs> I tried. I still got it. <laughs> no, it's not active. But I mean, that was like you said. That was the first site though, where it's like you had access yeah. to 
meet different people, engage in these conversations, um, you know, enhance your community. Because essentially, you're enhancing your communication skills. Mm. I had a friend in college, and she would just come up missing sometimes. One of my friends, we would go to her room, and she would she'd come back three, four hours. She'd be like, hey. And we'd be like, where you been? Oh, I met this guy on Black Planet. I went on a date. I'm like, you ain't told nobody? nobody? Like, in my mind, black people didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? But that was the first time I realized that, like, online dating was a thing. And it wasn't a thing just just yet. But I know a couple other people who've done that. Mm. Me and you have to talk about that off the, <laughs> off the uh, podcast. But one of the other things I came across in this article, this is the one I really wanted to talk about. It's, it mentioned that gender roles are boring. It says, if titles like boyfriend, girlfriend don't feel quite right, casual ter- dating terms like date, uh, like boo, bae, date, bow may feel more comfort, uh, comfortable. It said gender roles are over, finished. And so one of the questions I started thinking about is like, you know, all, you have all these people that see themselves as gender fluid, right? I was even thinking about like Jaden Smith wearing this dress and everybody was going on and on about that. And then you had artists like Prince who was supposed to be a masculine man in terms of dating women, but I always just thought he was gay. I did too. Or whatever. But women love him. I mean, women, but love, women him, love him, but I just always thought he was and gay. And he loved women. But my question is, like, so do y'all feel like gender roles are a thing of the past? And how would you feel if someone you were interested in considered themselves gender fluid? Because to me, all I hear is you sleeping with men and women. I ain't about to be competing with both. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't got to be checking for the fact you looking for men and girls. Is there you know something that you guys have to being single in today's society have to actually deal with? I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, I always ask. It's a question that I ask when I meet somebody and if we're, plan, you know, planning on pursuing something, whether it's going out of date, I want to ask. Whether, what, what you ask? Well, if you're, of course, if you're a guy, <laughs> do you just like women or are you interested in both men or women? And if not, okay, well, have you ever been interested? Have you ever, you know, tried it? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm going to ask the question. I mean, I just feel like that's something I need to know. Okay. And I think that's a very important question in today's society, too, because, like, I'm just thinking back in the day, I never asked that question. You know what I mean? But I feel like now, like you said, because there's so much, the spectrum for our sexuality, it's it's expanded. And Mm -hmm. so you have to ask those questions because I need to know where you fall in that spectrum and whether or not we're compatible. I don't think it's expanded. I think it's open. I think back in the day, you had me and everybody, you had that one uncle that you knew was gay. Oh, Everybody yeah. knew he was gay. He always had that friend, that or best friend that came and stuff. But everybody knew he was gay, but nobody said it. And it wasn't out in the right. open. And so I think what it is is now is no – society has said that you don't have to be closeted. Yes and no. Because there's still – we know it's still, like, a lot of hatred against, you know, people who are coming mm-hmm. out as gay and lesbian. But I just think society is moving to this place where it's like it's you're – we're refusing to be in the closet. I'm going to be who I, I am and all these other people are like – And it's more accepted. Yeah. It's more accepted now than it has been in the past. What do you think, Eddie? Uh, is that something you feel like you coming against dating? No, I think that's relatively new when you're talking about gender fluidity. I think we talk about over the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because at this point we've gotten to a society where trans identity has come more into the mainstream and now gender fluidity and all of these different terms like cis 
hetero male are coming into yes. fruition because Pan-sexual of all of these other and... identifiers. Yeah, I was just lost me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think I think my daughter know more. You know, yeah, she she was telling me about one of her friends that's that doesn't like the pronouns. Not, that confused me. I like, hold on, you twelve. On, you know. But the, the reality is, it's they're being exposed to it at younger ages now. Mm-hmm. But our, our society as a whole has put sexuality in a box. It said this was black and this was white. Mm-hmm. I wholly believe that sexuality has always been on a scale of gray, and it's mm-hmm. some gray that's really close to black, and it's some gray that's really really close to white. But it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Everything is gray, and I think our society now is just coming to give people who didn't feel like they quite fit in one of those boxes that we created. Mm-hmm. And they're saying there are other things to define me, mm-hmm. you know, to where if it's um, pansexuality, it's like I don't, I really just care about the personality of a person. I don't care about, you know, whether they're male or female. Mm-hmm. Or sapiosexual, where it's like I'm really attracted to intelligence. intelligence. I don't really mm-hmm. care about, you know, their personality, you know, all the physical and all that stuff, but I'm attracted mm-hmm. to intelligence. That's so yeah. it's a lot of different things that people internally Sapien. have felt like, yeah, sapiosexual. Mm-hmm. I've been connected to, but there's mm-hmm. not been a word. And I think that we just have a lot of words come mm-hmm. to it. I think where uh, gender roles uh, are not there anymore as it pertains to dating is because I think the expectation is for men and women to have equal footing in terms of communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because traditionally, the man is supposed to be the aggressor. Yeah, I'm supposed to see a woman I like, and go, after go after her, snatch her up, pull over my arm like a caveman, and then go with her and she accept that. And I have never liked that framework Hmm. because a lot of women, women these days are independent in every single aspect of their life. They own career, they own job, they own house, they own car. If you're single with children, you take care of your own children. But they still sit back and wait for a man to come up. And that's a a shot in the dark. This is a hot topic. Because on Facebook, I was just talking about this on Facebook yesterday. And one of the young ladies, she went into, she's single. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went and she approached a guy. So she made a post. She was like, never again am I stepping up to a guy that's oh, over. Shot, I'm shot. waiting on them. She got <laughs> shot down. She was like, I shot my shot and that was it. I'm waiting on dudes. And I was like, you shouldn't let that one experience, you know, frame that for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times guys, we get turned down a lot for one. And then I was listening to something that's a clip from Steve Harvard today uh, on a TV show. One of the guys said, if there's a group of girls and you're interested in one of them, it's really hard for one guy to approach a group of girls to talk to one, to one of those girls. So just to open up for a female to just show a little interest, maybe eye contact, open, being open to a conversation, and then let the man say, oh, okay, she might be interested. Let me say this. You know, so he it's like. Shot. I shot my shot. You yeah. see what I got. <laughs> she did, though. I did, though. Okay. So, I mean, and I, I and it's something that I respected about it. Um, and it's something that I, it was something that I was like, this girl brave. Now, I it could have gone one or two to ways. confidence though. level, too, because mm-hmm. I think for some women, it's always going to be, well, I'm never going to approach a dude. But I feel like, you know, if you're interested in someone, you're not gonna know that they're interested as well until you approach them. Until right. you, even if it's just random conversation, I have random conversations with people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind making eye contact if I'm interested. My body language is gonna tell you that I'm interested. We're gonna be making, you know, doing Google eyes, whatever it is, or you know, I don't think that's a problem for females to do that. I mm-hmm. just think that historically, it's always been the man, and a lot of women still have that mind frame that it should still be the man. Yeah, but why? 
And, and it's funny because I'm I'm feel like I'm old school. I'm traditional. Like I feel like you know this don't happen. Look, don't quote me on it. This don't happen all the time in 2019. But I used to like work myself tirelessly to have a, a clean house when he came home and cook dinner and like if I was going out of town cooking three four meals and you know what I'm saying like I believed in that old school old fashioned thing but at the same time you know like I said I shot my shot it was like if I always had this thing if I want it I'm gonna go and get it you know and so I think for me when I think about dating though even in 2019 if I had to imagine myself as single I don't think I would be that way when it came to dating it has never been my approach um but for me personally i still have people attempt to talk to me whether i got wedding ring on or not um but i find myself like cheering guys on like man that was a good line that was a good line that worked but i'm not interested (laughs) you know because ever since he told me like you know it's really hard for a guy to work up the nerve like i don't want to be the girl but like look now i have been really mean now yeah I mean, cause some dudes just don't mean, get it. No. I mean, some dudes just don't get it. If you're not interested, you're not interested. I mean, but like you said earlier, women can be nowadays. Can be women ruthless. can be really ruthless mm-hmm. and real rude. Like used to be, like dudes, they get rejected, they get turned down. Oh, okay, well, f you, you know, you ugly anyway, you know, stuff like that. But now, women, when it comes down to rejecting men, like they tear men down. Like, I've seen the post now that I can't stand. If you're not interested, you're just not interested. Just tell them you're not interested. You don't have to break down a person, you know, emotionally and mentally just to show them that you're not interested. Because what does it do for you? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen a post on Facebook about that. Like, um, the well, it was Instagram, actually. The Shade King. Um, I follow Shade King. And so, um, I don't know if it's a he or she. I don't know who the Shade King is. But, basically, it was a post where this guy talked about, he made a status update how he was on a date. He was kind of nervous. And then the girl made a status update too. Talking about the dude was ugly. Why would would he even think that she would consider dating him? And they sitting right across from each other looking at their phones. And there's a picture of the pizza. And so that was basically, it was like, why she had to do that dude like that? Like he was genuinely excited. And I was just like, you know, I think that goes back to social media making us feel more confident. And I think that's what has made... Um, the situation worse with girls being savages because we can hide behind social media. But I don't even know if I would say that it makes us feel more confident. I think it just creates the platform where we can continue to pretend to be something that we're not. Because I think those people that act, in, I don't necessarily consider them to be confident. No. To me, well, that's a lot of mean com- people I mean, are not. Yeah, to me, if, to me, if you behave in that way or you respond to someone in that way, you're not confident to me. That's true. It's a way of you you build you break other people down to build yourself up. That's to me, it actually shows the exact opposite. So I want to ask y'all this, Eddie. What do you believe is the most stressful part of dating? The most stressful part of dating for men, and I guess good men is a subjective, relative term, but men at least that have good intentions and mm-hmm. don't plan on lying and manipulating, is that a lot of the women that I interact with is coming from a man that was lying and manipulating. Mm. And the barriers and walls that she has up for me are really crippling to building a positive new relationship. Mm. You know, and so yeah. for me, 
just knowing that they've had some experiences. Like even when you go through these profiles, it'll say, "No, don't send me no pics. Don't ask me to meet up." Mm. Uh, it just got a whole list full of rules because a whole bunch of different dudes have done this stuff, and mm. now they communicated with me as if I may be one of them dudes because there's so many of them out. Yeah. So many of them dudes out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, that's the most difficult part. Whether I meet somebody in person mm -hmm. or whether I meet somebody online, it's just, it's a lot of men doing damage out here. So okay. how do you get around that? Like, what are you doing to get around that? For me, the patience that comes with being a therapist mm -hmm. definitely helps. Understanding what trauma looks like and what somebody's past experience looked like and how they may be shown wow. in reality. And knowing that in order for a person to overcome some of that, they need support and they need to be shown consistently that you're not trying to do what has been done to you. So you're dating, when you go date somebody, it don't turn into a session. It don't turn into a session. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell y'all something. That is highly frowned upon. Yeah. When women find out I'm a therapist, it does something yes. to the interaction. It Into. does something to the interact. It yeah, because people feel like feel you like have the knowledge every to break thing through that barrier. And say. I think too. I think if I were in your shoes too, knowing that I have this capacity, know that that my intentions are good, and I'm dealing with someone I'm really interested in, but that person may be somewhat broken emotionally or they're scarred. Think it would be exhausting to I try to get through that like i really want to connect with you i i feel like this could be something but you you got this baggage and i feel that in my interaction i'm having to do you know uh trauma focused cognitive behavior therapy just to be able to get you to see my intentions are good does it feel like that Has, have you experienced uh, an, an encounter or a relationship where it feel like, man, it's too much work for me to be able to even see if this is going to be a viable relationship? It does sometimes. Um, it depends on the person that experienced the trauma. Mm -hmm. Some women experience trauma and compartmentalize it enough to where you know that she's gone through some stuff, but she's not taking it on, out on you. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you meet women who you're in debt with them because of charges somebody else incurred mm -hmm. and she making you pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I can't, it's like, she she need time mm -hmm. to learn how to differentiate this stuff but from the past to the present to the future because mm -hmm. I'm not here for that right, right now. What about you? I mean, I would say, yeah, I have had that experience. It is exhausting. It is mentally, emotionally, and then it gets to a point where it's physically exhausting because you're constantly trying to reassure this person that you're not like previous females or you know previous people that they've had encounters with and it's it's like you're always trying to prove yourself to this person and that's tiresome mm. I mean it is and just like uh, women who've experienced trauma with men same thing goes for men they've had yeah. these negative relationships whether it's with Most you know definitely. past girlfriends their mom their sisters other females in that you know other females in their life and it shows up in their relationships <laughs> Mm. Point See, to you. I mean, I mean, but it's cool. true though. It shows up in men too, and, yeah, it does. And, and a lot of times, what it shows up as is insecurity, that mm. um, lack of trust, and jealousy. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you see it, and it's it's so draining. I mean, because it's like you can have really good intentions and really want things to work out and really want to build that connection, but if this person is so guarding, you're constantly having to try and pull down this wall and then put another one up. It's just like at some point, so what do I do? 
Well, I guess that brings me to another question. And this article talks about protecting your heart and protecting your prize. So when when you are dealing with people like that, and and you guys, y'all not regular people. See, we need because we, we look at it from a regular therapist standpoint. Yeah. So. But when you're engaging with people and you're already having to, to deal with emotional baggage, right? How does that impact? I guess sexual relationships is that even a thing? Like, what what's the rule for sexual relationships? Because you know, <laughs> this article was just talking about the increase and the rise in STDs. Um, it actually said that gonorrhea cases from 2013 has increased 67 percent, and is that reported as like a record high, right? So, like with the, all the gender fluidity and the you know abandonment of gender roles and people just being on you know really embracing that sexuality is a spectrum you know you already have to deal with trying to kind of navigate that but how does that impact how you choose to engage sexually that's a deep question ain't it <laughs> i ain't in my well okay let's start <laughs> is celibacy and abstinence even a thing right now in 2019 i think it is Okay. Now, how frequently that occurs, that I can't say. Um, but I think it does happen now as far as, like, time frame. I think it varies from person to person. And I think a lot of times when people choose to be abstinent or choose to be celibate, um, they do so for a lot of different reasons. Not necessarily just because of relationships. But I think sometimes people use that opportunity of abstinence and celibacy to, to really spend time with themselves. So that they are better people when they do pursue relationships. So, I guess, would you say that trying to be sexually involved in 2019, even if it's not for you guys personally, could be very stressful given the diseases and given the the Yeah, the I think it's stressful issues. for one if you don't know who your partner is sleeping with and you're not using protection. Of course, that's going to be stressful. But these are questions that you have to ask. And you can't just go off of people's word because if you're going to choose to have sex, of course, one, be protected. And if you're not going to be protected, you need to know each other's status. When you ask these questions, when you start asking sexual questions. Yeah, I was just, that was my next you, question. Like, how I mean, deep but do the you reality go how is when, when you're pursuing someone or you guys are conversing or whatever, sex always comes up. It always comes up. So if you're going to talk about sex, you're going to talk about what you want to do, let's talk about it. All the way in through. It looks the mm. same for you. She she like, I know how it went. First of all, me and Brie work together. And, and we talk. So you could throw a sex question in somebody saying something about kids. Well, what does your sex life look like? Like, it don't have to be a natural segue yeah. for you. Yeah. So what about you? It's, it's the same. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the means by which sex has become accessible as increased. So mm-hmm. when you talk about Tinder and Bumble and people who just trying to hook up for a fling without having to spend a hundred dollars in the mm-hmm. in the bar to do it, <laughs> you know, it's just it's increased. So mm-hmm. I it's not surprising that, you know, STDs increase. I don't think that changes how when you're not just trying to have a fling and mm-hmm. you're engaging with somebody trying to build a relationship with, with them, I think you need to know where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. You need to encourage them to know where their boundaries are and mm-hmm. y'all need to communicate about how you're going to move forward with that. Yeah. I mean, with the nature of consent these days, 
just letting it naturally happen, thinking that just mm-hmm. because y'all sit next to each other on the mm-hmm. couch watching a movie, you can start touching her. Yeah. That, that that them days over, yeah. you know, because the risk is too high for mm-hmm. men and it's too high for women. Yeah. You know, in the event that he is an overly aggressive man, mm-hmm. and for men, in the event that he misreads some stuff that traditionally they tell you, well, if she, mm-hmm. you know, if she say no, she really kind of mean, you know, keep mm-hmm. going. No, mm-hmm. it, it ain't like that no more. So, mm-hmm. I think you got to communicate these days. Mm-hmm. You got to talk about what you're gonna have those general conversations about sex. Sex, then sex talk gonna pop up, mm-hmm. but that still shouldn't be misconstrued as an open invitation. Mm-hmm. The only open invitation is an open invitation, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's that's kind of changed the sex dynamic. Um, but so, how you move, how fast you move into that, and how deep you get into that before you get there is, is gonna be up to them two individuals. Mm-hmm. It's gonna become it's gonna come from where your intentions are. Right. So <laughs> if I'm if I'm hitting you up on Tinder. You might know what my intentions are, and I'm like, "Look, we're gonna meet up, and we're gonna do this." And, and you be like, "Yeah," know. and then so that's just a sex thing. So from what I'm learning from this conversation, it seems like the stress part comes when you're trying to be in a committed relationship, because everything else sounds like fun <laughs> to me. I mean, and then you, you know, fun so it's subjective like, too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it seems like the stress part comes in where like, okay, I'm trying to get serious, you know, like I got. Because there's so much access now mm-hmm. through social media and the, and the apps <laughs> that um, it's like, okay, I can use these apps to, you know, hit up a girl that once in a while, go out, have some fun or whatever. Or I can, um, or I can, uh, when I'm trying to be serious with somebody, that's when like the stressful part of dating comes in. Yeah, because you can so no it's like pretend. A, yeah, you so you have to be the real yourself. you. Yeah. Um, so one, one article I read is like, People feel like dating can be like a series of personal job interviews, and it stresses them out. How y'all feel about that? Like when you're really trying to get serious with somebody. I mean, I think. And I think you kind of spoke on when it a you do bit. meet a person. It kind of is like an interview. I mean, yeah. because you're gonna ask questions to figure out whether this person is a good fit for you for your lifestyle that you currently have. If the person has the character traits and the personality traits. Um, that you desire or that you know interest you I mean so it is like an interview mm-hmm. I mean because you got to get to know that person to see okay is this someone that I can see myself being with long term uh, growing with you know being successful with having a family with things like that you got to interview them you got to ask questions and it goes back to communication because if we're not asking questions I don't really know where we stand or what your intentions are you know if I'm not asking questions it is an interview. I think it, I mean, it has to be. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're looking for in a person, and you have to be able to determine if that person has those qualities that you're looking for. Otherwise, it's that same shot in the dark mm-hmm. as a woman just waiting for a dude to walk up and say, hey, you don't know what you're getting. It's a random grab of mm-hmm. anything he could have. Mm-hmm. And you learn it in a short conversation, and it might not be everything, but if you don't have that short conversation... It's you, not gonna be you, anything. you won't know, yeah. You won't know at all what they have. So, in the, in in the state, in the point in time of you guys' lives, are y'all looking for serious relationships or? She says she ain't looking for nothing. She just <laughs> it's well, just happening. It's just she says she's not looking for anything. But I, what I read into that is you're looking for the perfect one. Now, why did I read that when you said that? I don't know. But that's what kind of energy came to um, me when you said I'm not looking. I'm looking for that perfect match that's going to well, come I and find me. no person is going to be perfect. The reality is nobody's going to be perfect. Right. Um, Shoot. 
So you found you somebody perfect dude. Baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. No, I mean, but for real. I mean, um, I'm not looking. I'm not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have people interested in me all the time. I engage in conversation. But the energy ain't right. And, and it's not. For me, it's all about the energy and the connection. If I don't feel the connection, I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste your time. So like I said, yeah, I mean, you, and, ain't, you ain't wasting your time I'm not. just doing that. You're looking for that one that, 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 that but I will. Much. I will entertain conversation and like I said, going out on dates or whatnot. But if it's not, you know, I'm not going to pursue it any further if there's not a connection. Well, this is my thing, though. Do you know what you're looking for? Because I hear a, a lot of women talk about that. Like, they're not necessarily looking for something. They're waiting for something to kind of happen. They know what they don't want. But I think a lot of women who end up being single longer than they anticipate being single is because they really don't know what it is that they want. Like, one of the things I think I figured out being married and going through some of the challenges we've gone through, especially since we got married young, it's important to know who you are mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to know what it is that you want. You know, I can't I can't expect for him to make me happy. What and then I gotta know what kind of things make me feel happy. Because then I'm expecting you to do something and find something for me that I can't, can't even find for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So do you feel like even though you're not looking for anything and even though you're just trying to let these relationships um, naturally happen, you know what it is that you want? I feel like I do. Okay. What about you, Eddie? I tend to err on the side of knowing what I don't want mm-hmm. um, because the interactions I've had with different women – They've all possessed so many great qualities that I could see me being in a relationship with, and they could, couldn't be any more different than each other. So honing in on what I want specifically really kind of is difficult for me because I've experienced so many different contrasts of women that all have qualities that I could see myself with at some point. Mm-hmm. So right now, my tally is what are my non-negotiables of not being able to deal with or not being able to accept, you know? Um, but to go into my, my dialogue from earlier, you know, talking about women bringing baggage in, I'm not acting like I don't have some bags, mm-hmm. you know. So my my situation as far as that goes is my process by which I come to determine that I want to be with somebody is a long process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've had this conversation. Far too oh. long for any woman to stay around and endure. Mm. So by the time I figure out, okay, I think I'm, I'm all right with her, she's gone, mm. you know. So that's my situation. But so, so you I'm know looking that. for something, but the process by which it takes it's me there. to realize that I'm here mm-hmm. is normally too long for the the women I interact with. So you working to change that? I am. It's in, it's in phases. Mm-hmm. So I'm a very like logical, rational type person. <laughs> in my head, like deep down in my in my core mm-hmm. I want there to be an algorithm for relationships right. mm-hmm. you know and there is not one mm-hmm. you know I want it to be a Y equals MX plus B mm-hmm. type situation but now I'm I've come in the last few years to realize that don't exist mm-hmm. put that idea away you need to start using less brain more heart and you need to start going more of what you feel instead of what you think mm-hmm. so that's how I've been trying to move forward over the past few years of looking at myself and saying this is the dilemma you have with relationships. So it's not like I'm not I'm not looking for anything, but 
I know that I have some things to work on with myself mm-hmm. and trying not to allow any of my past stuff to trickle over into her experience is mm-hmm. what what I'm working on currently. You know, I think what has changed too is that as we get older, sometimes I think um, being mature gets in the way of us having genuine connections. Like if I think about how we engaged in relationships in college, everything was about how you felt and mm-hmm. everything was a vibe. You know what I'm saying? And we were very childlike in the mm. way we engaged in relationships. That's but the great thing is sometimes you got into very intense, good relationships until they went bad because you were too mature, immature to be able to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some of some of the things we've gone through in our relationship um, have come about due to immaturity. But one of the things that I think allowed us to form such a good relationship, because I, I, he my homie, like we friends. And I think that has been able, that dynamic has been able to maintain, help us maintain our marriage and stay focused and stay committed to each other is because we were friends. But we became friends by being childlike, like, just talking to each other and talking about our dreams and what we want to do and acting silly and and, and engaging in stuff that was fun for us. And Mm -hmm. I think as people are get older, they lose that. They lose that sense of wondering and just going with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We get caught up in the, um, those listen expectations. I was going to say, I think people get caught up in expectations, but I think what helps develop those relationships is allowing yourself to be authentic and genuine. And like you said, have fun, go with the flow and, and just enjoy each other. For me, I still value that. And that's, that's when I'm looking to connect with someone I'm looking in, can I connect with this person on that level? Can I have fun? Can I joke with them? Can I feel comfortable enough to tell this person, these are the things that I'm working towards you know, this is what I need for our support and, you know, what it's going to look like. I may not always be able to be there, but just know I'm still here. You know, somebody that's understanding, um, encouraging, and we I still can have fun with you at the end of the day. Like you said, I do think friendship is important is an important foundation for any relationship because if we're not friends, how are we going to maintain a marriage? If I can't come to you, you know, if I'm upset or, you know, I just got a promotion or whatever, you know, if you're not my go-to person, how are we gonna have a relationship if we if we're not friends? Yeah. I mean, you still gotta have that fun, that carefree, free spirited. You know, I think in any relationship that you have, and that's just who I am naturally. Anyway, I'm a free spirited person, so having fun and being if I can't laugh and joke with you, I'm not interested. Are you though, really? I'm just I'm being. I'm just being. <laughs> uh, I find that like most long term relationships that I'm aware of, they kind of start off as friends first. And I think that's why a lot of people meet their spouses in college and in high school and stuff like that because you have all these years that you've been around these Mm -hmm. people. I thought they came with your degree. Like, seriously. No (laughs) lie. When I went to college, I thought that I got a degree and a man. <laughs> and I, it happened to work That's that an way. old Alabama, Southern <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> you go to college to get a husband. I but I think so. I think right now it's like when you go meet somebody in the street or you're dating. First of all, no one presents their authentic selves. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you run into these. I think there's a degree. There there's degrees that people present themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it's. A, I'm gonna give you a little bit at a time. Yeah. Because you want to put your best foot forward. True. No one empties out of their trash on the first date. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just you like, got some people doing. That's why they do. Yeah, some people do. <laughs> you gotta. You really gotta know the the natural progression of getting to know a person, liking mm-hmm. them, and then yeah. releasing your trash bit by bit, yeah. mm-hmm. so that they stay interested but know what they're getting in for mm-hmm. as well. And I know? think that's probably why you got that long process, right? So when you're dating someone, you had this long process because you're like, okay, I already know they're not gonna show me their authentic selves in the first month or two. Right, so it's like, <laughs> so so I now it's like had this conversation before. For me, it's a long to, to be, for you know, to be open. For me, I think I'm just now coming to the realization that I think it's about my fear of failing a woman and failing a family, because mm-hmm. that's my experience with my my dad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in order to get the best outcome, I have to have make the best decision, mm-hmm. and so it just it's a, just an exhausting process for me. But that's still a part of that there's an algorithm for this. Mm-hmm. It's really just you have to choose what you want to participate in and then participate in it fully. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm coming around to trying to work on instead of what I've been what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think opposites attract. It's so many people that I know that are in a relationship that are just different. We are like night and day. Like sometimes I be like, how are we married? Because <laughs> seriously, we just we like night and day. Mm-hmm. But you y'all know? balance each other out. Sometimes and sometimes we just butt heads. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think I think being married, I tell my friends that. Like, look, you gonna be attracted to somebody and, and probably fall head over heels for somebody you least expect. Even when I think about my mama, my mama told me she went and prayed. Well, she prayed and told God that the next man she date, she wanted it to be her husband. And when she realized she was falling for my daddy, she said, God, not him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's just like, I know what I said, but this ain't him. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and I just thought that was interesting because it's like, I found that to be the case. Like the person that you find yourself like, man, I'm like really feeling them and I don't want to feel them. That'd be the very person that is nothing like you expected it to be. And I think that's what a lot of single people don't realize is that the person that really you click with will be the person you'd be like, what in the hell am I interested in them? Like, what? I, I think you drive true. me crazy. I think that's true. And I can say that just from a recent experience, um, really close to a guy friend of mine. I've known him since middle school. He's always been interested, always pursued me. I just never saw him like that. And, you know, as time went on, you know, we conversed, you know, he's a military, he's been deployed. We always stayed in contact, and over time, it was just like, I think I'm like, you know, feeling something. And it's like over time, it was like it was the least person I expected to actually have feelings for. It was somebody that's been in my life for so long, but I never was attracted to them in that sense. But the more we grew together as friends, the more attracted I became to that person. Shout out to Bree's military friend. <laughs> You 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 must be really important because you got a shout out. Hey, what up, <laughs> What's his name? Who's name? Sergeant what? <laughs> so uh, I do an activity with some of my clients and friends, just the silliness to see what what it go. And I, it's like instead of build a bear, we doing build a bay. And so we go, <laughs> we like go down physical and everything. Yeah. And then we start getting the personality and people start picking out their personality stuff. And I just want to point out that even though all of those personalities, the thing you want, you don't know how they work in conjunction and you don't know what leftover stuff come from that. That ain't so desirable when those things mix and match together. Mm-hmm. You really don't know what you, you getting 
outside of that because you still got to consider a person's experiences, a person's trauma, what they've been through in relationships because somebody you meet at this point going to have all of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a lot that you have, you know that you're going to have to accept. Also to be to the point of, even if you put together a whole different subset of stuff, it still might give you an outcome that is acceptable to you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's been my experience. Like, I, I've dated women and just had so many vast different personalities. I was like, this one is hilarious. This one ain't hilarious, but she laugh at my stuff. This one is dark and witty. <laughs> this one is deeply intelligent. This one, you know, is researches and keeps up to with the dialogue that we can have about. So it's so many, and I'm like, I could, you want all of them? I could be with any of, but I'm not. You're not gonna get all. I'm not gonna get all of that in, in one could. person. I mean, you can get all just separate people. But just the pop- <laughs> <laughs> why you just can't get? I mean. The way society is now, you just like, hey, I like all I y'all. I can find a polyamorous relationship, <laughs> and open relationship, but that, I, the the downfall in those kind of relationships, I think, is it doesn't cater to our sense of belonging yep. as humans yeah. because um, at Lyrian mm-hmm. is my core family orientation, uh, therapeutic orientation. It's about family and belonging in our place of belonging. We're born to belong. We belong to a family that belongs to a community that belongs to a society that belongs to a world and at the end of the day we do want someone to belong to mm-hmm. and I, I don't think those all of those relationships cater to that uh, that we're individually seeking so and, and sometimes you can get all that in one person they just show up differently, differently. all the time because my yeah. husband swear I show up as a different person all the time but I was gonna say <laughs> like you really evaluate that <laughs> gonna say is even when you sometimes start talking about what you what you're interested in like i think about me like i'm type a i'm real type a yes (laughs) and even though he liked me he probably didn't see how type a i was i don't even know if i knew i was that type a it's just something that's kind of gradually evolved as our relationship has evolved it's like i like these things you know what I'm saying I like for things to go this way and this way and I think the more his nature was different from mine the more I got pushed into that personality mm-hmm. type and it was just like I just fully arrived at being type A after years of marriage what you say yeah I think it's always been there it's just that, <laughs> that's what you I know, I think it's always know. been there you know what I'm saying we so, didn't know no we didn't know that <laughs> and then when you get grown we you fall know. into these um these trances that we live, right? So, you know, you're a professional, so now I got to do this, and I got to wear this, and I got to do this, and all these different hats. I've always kind of been laid back. You know, so now just think about, like, I've always been laid back, kind of on my own to myself. I'm getting a little bit more into the spiritual meditation side. And then over here, it's just like, ah, ah. (laughs) It's like like one of them gremlins you pour water on. But uh, but that's that balance. That's that balance. Cause yeah. if you was all if you was all up here, then yeah. like her mama said that she was like she think you just balance each other out. Yeah, you know it's just that's just it is what it is. But I guess we need to kind of try to start wrapping this up now, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you guys, and you probably already kind of answered it a little bit throughout the session. But um, why are you still single? Why do I always get asked that question? I don't know. Because, girl, you fine. People want to know. <laughs> Why ain't nobody snatching I mean, you up yet? I think the reality is that um, 
I really just don't devote time to 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 it for real. So it was it to dating. I mean, um, like I said, I'll, I'll entertain conversation, um, meet people. I'll exchange numbers here and there or whatnot. But I honestly don't devote time to it. And that's that's my real honest answer is I don't devote as much time to it. And I mean, if I was truly honest, I I do actually have feelings for somebody. We just not. It's just not where we need to be right now. I think that's a a common answer, though. I think one of the trends we're seeing with black women, and I think it used to, I won't say used to be more applicable to white women, but I think black women, we have a checklist of accomplishments before a relationship becomes a priority. And that might not necessarily apply to you, but I'm even thinking about some of my nieces who are like going to college. I got to check off that this is the degree I want. This is the career I want. I want these experiences before this becomes my focus. And I'm going to have fun along the way, but I got to check these things off. And I think sometimes women who get really caught up in their careers or get caught up in Things they want to personally accomplish will look up and realize time is passing. I by. passed this little window yeah. when dating was really easier. Well, and I and I think there is some truth to that. I do think that subconsciously we do have this checklist that we try and get off. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you can do both at the same time. And I've done both. Mm-hmm. It's just I think at this point right now where I am, um, just not just not doing it. Okay. And I think society has conditioned women to feel like once they engage with a man that everything they was doing is over mm, that they never yes. got to tend to their husband and take care of him and so it's like i gotta get all this stuff out the way before before i get into this situation and i become secondary i'm gonna be primary first for me and then i'll be secondary but i don't i don't like that framework but that goes back to communication i mean if the two people that are in engaging in whatever type of relationship it goes back to communicating effectively with each other to say okay these, what are your expectations of me once we get in this relationship? What is it going to look like? And what is it not going to look like? But even with that conversation happening, I think there's a real possibility. I truly believe that. Like, And it's happened. And we have disagreements on how things have kind of transpired in our relationship because he sees the things he's done in our marriage to be for the family. And I see a lot of things that I've done being for the family. Like, you know we weren't in agreement about at one point about me staying at home with the kids and not not working or not working full time but at the same time it was a priority for me to take care of my kids and I felt you know from what he exhibited or demonstrated or what I thought I was hearing is that this is this is what I kind of want from from my wife I want a wife that caters to my my kids this way and he grew up with a mom who catered his mom cooks cleans everything you know what I'm saying and so you fall into that and then what was modeled in my home my dad didn't do a whole lot of contributing to the the raising kids and the cleaning and so I think that even though you say that doesn't work for you like once you get in a relationship and you realize I love this person you start having these feelings like, okay, I know we discussed that you can go to work after we have a baby, but I don't want you to have to stress and worry about it. And so you might approach a conversation with the greatest intentions. Like, I know you said you want to go back to work and you can, but I don't want you to stress. I can take care of it. And I think it's, it comes from a good place. You know what I'm saying? I believe in gender roles. And that's what I was going to say. Essentially, what you're saying, it just still boils back down to those gender roles that we grew up with, that we saw 
from our parents or other relationships that we witness, it goes back to the reality is gender roles still exist because yes. as women, whether or not I have kids or not, once I get married, I, there's still certain things I feel like I should do as a wife. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that can come from men. good places yeah. though too. Like you could, like you said, that framework doesn't work for me. That this gender role has to exist, right? And that may be true, but once you have a woman that you want to take care of and don't want her to stress about anything and say, if you want this, you can have it. But if I start to see that you stressed or that it adds more pressure, I'm going to step up and try to be this man that I want to be for you. You're not necessarily focusing on a gender role. You're focusing on your love or your the way you want to care for this person, which essentially ends up falling into a gender role. Society does. I'm sorry. Go ahead. For me, it's not that I have a problem with gender roles. Mm -hmm. If I date a woman who really likes traditional gender roles, I'll adhere to them. I don't like the idea that before I meet a woman or before a woman is a teenager, society has told her this is what I'm going to be for a man. This is what a man going to be for me. I hold these particular ways of thinking so dear to the point where we got a society of women who trying to get a bunch of stuff out of the way because they, they think that their husband is going to have to be their priority mm-hmm. versus a woman having that blank slate, letting us both have a conversation and then defining what that's going to be. Because I cook. Mm-hmm. I've been called gay plenty of times because I bake. Mm-hmm. you know, And so to think that the kitchen is going to be hers by default and I'm just going to sit in the living room and wait that. I got a problem with mm-hmm. I got a problem with society making women think that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because the reality is well, the reality <laughs> is I think that every relationship should be a lot more diplomatic than that societal yeah. condition forces us to be. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if if she liked to cut grass and mm-hmm. she want to cut grass, I wouldn't cut grass cuz I'm a man. Mm-hmm. You know. And if I like cooking, but she's a woman, like we should, I just, all my dialogue about this. We should. I don't think we should have to come to the table mm-hmm. with those predefined gender roles. It needs to be a conversation yeah, between. You two define people. what's right for your yeah. for your couple, your yeah. relationship. And that's what I was gonna say. I think the people don't that notion that it has to be how things have always been done. No, you actually define that for that relationship that you're in. The two people that are in that relationship, you have to define every aspect of it together. together and I yeah. think a lot of people use outside, inf- uh, well, they allow outside influences to define what their mm-hmm. relationship should look like. And I think that's Girl, where you a lot of the problems... stay at the house and you working? And that's where a you, lot of the problems taking care come of the kids from. Yeah, all work. this outside influence, oh, well, you know, a man's supposed to cut, what you out there doing cutting the grass? That's, if my neighbors across the street see my woman cutting grass, grass they're going to come to me. Or if my family fails and we homeless, they're not going to say, how did that man and woman share equal responsibility in the downfall of their family? They're going to say, how did that man let that happen? Oh, yeah. So now, it so, ain't like I some, don't understand that. To a certain degree, that. I believe that men, I believe that men are here responsible for everything that happens. And um, whether if it's a divorce, oh, whether if it's the 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 car got repossessed, whether if it's you lost your home, it all falls back on us. You know what I'm saying? It all falls back on us. I believe that society does not value motherhood anymore. Right? So it's like we work to obtain all this stuff, this material mm-hmm. stuff. And this material stuff gives you value. Whereas the most valuable thing we have in our home is our children. Yeah. Right? So when back in the day, motherhood was like very valuable it was just like oh yeah i want i need my wife to be at home my kids who else is going to raise my child now it's like we expect everybody else to raise raise a child child you You know what i'm saying but the whole thing back then was like i need to marry a good woman 
that can raise some good children. And we don't value that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And I believe, just from my experience, I've massaged over 10,000 folks, and most of my clients are females, black and white. The issue that I've seen with a lot of them, right, and I could do my own research paper on this, is that... And he um, does verbally at home. Yeah. <laughs> but the issue that I see a lot, it all boils back down to these gender roles. Like the ones that really want to be very, very successful, the women, and things that they end up getting separated, even being single parents or something, and being stressed out. So in our first, um, in a couple of our first episodes, we talked about stress, stress. And, gender, and gender, gender roles, roles right? And now we're finding out that women are committing suicide. Women are drinking more, becoming more, they're becoming alcoholics at a higher rate than men. Women are, but on the other side of this, you see a lot of women being entrepreneurs. Most of the women are being successful. They're, they are, um, more women in college, more women in college. They're opening businesses and doing all this other stuff. I'm like, is there a correlation there? You know what I mean? So if, if it was the opposite back then when it was more men doing this, is there a correlation? One of my clients said to me, and she's very successful, and she's married to a very successful man also. She said, Lamar, I don't think we are meant to handle this stress. She's talking about women. She said, because people are trying to get to her level and are getting divorced. She said, happily married couples coming into their agency, right? But they, want, they see her and they want to get to her level. And she said, I've seen so many of them get divorced just because they are trying to obtain a status. You know what I mean? It's just like, I think, and we don't want to admit to it. It's even taboo to say it. You know what I'm saying? Because we might get some backlash from me saying this. <laughs> you know, but I believe that men have broad shoulders for a reason. I, I, and I'm a person who believe in gender roles. I do. I fully mm-hmm. embrace gender roles. And I'm okay with it. Like, I ain't gonna cut no grass. Well, I might cut grass, but I just do it because I want to do it. And I'm, but I'm one of those people. I don't want that to be my responsibility. I want to try it because I want to try it. It shouldn't be my task. I'm not gonna take out the trash unless I have to. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm already cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, doing all this stuff. You take out the trash. You know, and I think one of the reasons why I believe in gender roles is. I think about how we were groomed as young ladies. There are things that are part associated with certain gender roles I think we can do without, you know. Um, and so I, I, I would like to change that dialogue for my daughter. I want her to be um, independent. I want her to be free-spirited. I want her to go after things she, she wants to do. But I also want her to value when she becomes a mom, focusing on being a mom and caring for her husband and providing a home because those things to me also just, it says love. You know what I'm saying? And I think when you start focusing on, I never, like, I remember being a stay at home mom and I hated it. I hated it. I really did. But I also think I hated it too because, like he said, I was so focused on being a career woman. I went to college, I had certain expectations. That was the type A in me too, that I couldn't value that experience like I wanted to and it was a financial sacrifice but 
for me, gender roles is about how do I gift something to my, my daughter? Like, how do I gift something to my son? And I think when you start to take away roles, sometimes it's hard to be able to pass along principles and value systems when everything, when you start to take away these rules or these boxes. I don't believe everything should be in a box, but I don't believe as a woman, God, for me, God made his, him different in, in terms of anatomy for me, for a reason. I He's to help me, he's to fertilize my seed, but I give it birth. We have, we were designed to do two different things. And if I just break it down to just simple anatomy, just the our physical makeup, we weren't designed to do the same things. Absolutely. And so for me, gender roles is important because physically our bodies were never designed to do the same thing. So that to me is a, it signifies that we're supposed to be different, that what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to put in the world is different. If you just break it down to simple biology, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I want to get back to his question because we, I know we try to wrap it up. We don't <laughs> Why are you still saying? Okay. I won't answer that, but I want to say something about what you said. Okay. Is I agree with you. I have a bold assessment that I make that I talk to people about and ask them how they feel about it. But I feel like if there was a measure that can just fix every man mm-hmm. in society and men will be what they're supposed to do, everything will be fixed. I don't think you have to fix women. I don't think you have to fix kids. I think if you fix men, mm-hmm. in terms of men being what they need to be, providing for the family they need to be, being the strength that women need them to be, if you just fix that, women will autocorrect and children will autocorrect and the black family will autocorrect. I think that's, so in terms of the responsibility that black men bear, especially, I think if we fix ourselves, everything else will fall in order. Did you just raise your hand? I did, but how do you, <laughs> but how do you do that though? I, I mean, the reality is how do you do that? It's not a reality. It's really just a hypothetical assessment of the responsibility that men have in terms of some of the failures that have gone on in our community. I don't think it can never happen, but I do think if if one man, if if y'all seen families that have very strong um, patriarchal figures mm-hmm. and their family is relatively stable, mm-hmm. where you got a, a man that's taking care of, a granddaddy that's taking care of responsibility, his kids, the women expect a certain thing from men, and they find men that have those expectations, and then their grandkids, like, mm-hmm. once you have that, the hierarchy of the man taking care of what he's supposed to take care of, I think it, I think it fixes a lot of stuff, because men are the bulk of a lot of the problems that women have experienced, whether it be from the past, where women didn't really have many choices or decisions, to women's independence today and men having a struggle accepting that women are independent and, mm-hmm. and that, that those roles are changing. You know, even though some of them are definitely still traditional, a lot of them have changed. Yeah. Um, but me me being single, um, I had an opportunity to be in a relationship in the last few months, but the assessment of that was that she wanted different things than I wanted and it was best for us to go our own separate ways. We still friends. We still good friends mm-hmm. in that dialogue, but you just had to have a grown up talk about the things you want versus the things I want and me not wanting to risk you not getting what you want and me not wanting to risk not getting what I want, you know, mm-hmm. taking a chance just because we like each other, just because we're in a space where we're, we're comfortable with each other, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so at this moment it's back on the grind It's back 
on Tinder. You know, <laughs> I've been all over the on, on the apps. Yep. On the apps. <laughs> I delete all my apps when I get to the dating exclusively phase mm-hmm. of somebody. And so then they them. they've all been reactivated. <laughs> yeah. So that's a requirement. Like if you start dating somebody exclusively, do they? Is that a conversation? Like, okay, now you, I need you to delete all these apps. It's not for them. It's for me. At the mm-hmm. point that I'm dating exclusively, I trust you. Mm-hmm. You don't trust. You can yourself. do what you want on your phone. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. At that point, it's just that's when I communicate with myself more than anything. That mm-hmm. okay, I'm I'm not looking. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at all. Like. I haven't been on these apps since we've been like dating seriously, mm-hmm. but like they not even a, a consideration now. So mm-hmm. deleting all of those and getting rid of them. So if you guys could give like advice to other people who are like really trying to navigate the dating scene and really have a desire to get into a more serious, stable relationship, um, what was without your, the stress? Without the stress. What would your advice be? And I, I think even though you guys are not, both of you guys are not in a relationship, I think I can ask that question because both of you are therapists and you get to see what unhealthy, the outcomes of unhealthy relationship. I think the first thing that I would say is be honest with yourself about what your expectations of yourself are and then what your expectations of your partner are. Um, what those expectations are. I mean, seriously, I think a lot of times people get into situationships and they don't really know what their own expectations of themselves are and what they really expect from their from their partners. And so there's a lot of conflict and chaos in the relationship because and disappointment because we set these unrealistic expectations of each other and then we get disappointed when they're not met. And so you see a lot of people struggling or jumping from relationship to relationship because they have all these unmet needs and these unex, um, these unmet expectations, and so they're disappointed, and you see the relationships failing. So I think it starts with being honest um, with yourself and then being honest about your expectations. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Know where your boundaries are. Know where you want to go with a person. Know where you don't want to go with a person. Have a framework of what talking look like and what chilling look like and what dating look like mm. and what dating exclusively looks like yep. and then what boyfriend and a girlfriend relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Have your own definition of what that is. Women don't wait on a man to say, well, okay, now I'm ready to move to the next level with you. Let him know when you're ready to move to the next level what it looks like and when you're ready to cut ties with him if he's not on board with you. Mm-hmm. So have those boundaries of what you're looking for so that you know how you're going to move forward with that person. Mm-hmm. Is it a way that you communicate that? You know, like you said, you know, communicate when you're ready. But what if before you're even ready, you want that person to know what that looks like? Because she's saying being honest about your expectations of yourself and the other person. And you're saying, you know, set your boundaries of what these these phases in a relationship can look like. But how do you communicate that? I think if you're having those, if you're at the point where you are wanting to pursue a next level with somebody else, you guys are already having some of these conversations. And I think what part of what you're saying about setting those boundaries is having real honest conversations with each other, regardless of what point you guys are at. So if right now we're just conversing, we're conversing. We, we're, we're both clear on what that looks like. And then if things progress to the next level of, okay, well, we're going to date exclusively, we've already had this conversation of what it's going to look like prior to actually even saying we're dating exclusively. So it just goes back to having those open and honest conversations with each other. 
Mm-hmm. And talking, you know, talking, we having good conversation. I've assessed that I'd like to continue talking to you, and I'd like to do it in your presence. So now we we chilling, we hanging out. All right. So we chilling because he said assess. Yeah. <laughs> we chilling, we hanging out. It's cool. This is just the worst. Thing. I know. That's that, that's that logic, rational. I know. That's it. the dialogue. That's why I'm so okay, we having fun chilling together. That's cool. Like, mm-hmm. like let's move into dating. This is this is what dating looks like. This is what I think dating is. Mm-hmm. Let's be dating. You okay. know. Um, and if you have a discernment like like me, dating exclusively net, like mm-hmm. just knowing how you get to the next stage, you, yeah. you that's that's important. that hard part. You've got to be open. Uh, our conditioning would say, wait for a man, wait for the man to give you his letterman jacket to mm-hmm. let you know that y'all are dating, mm-hmm. to let you know that y'all are moved into the next level. Ooh. What about what you letterman want? Jacket. You, you, <laughs> you went old school. Thinking about grease lightning. Or something. Yeah, I had, well, a happy days. I had a fubu jacket. Fubu. Did you get the fubu jacket? No, I don't even want to walk around with that fubu <laughs> jacket. She got a jacket. She, it I got a jacket though, but it was my own. Oh, okay. But, but I guess but that like, was my letterman. Okay. <laughs> I think the I, I think the hard part is just with our conditioning, just knowing that it's okay for you to say, "This is what I want out of this." If you can't give me this, then let me know now. Mm-hmm. I like because that. if you don't let me know, so and it turn out to be you not giving with me, <clears throat> giving me what I want, I'm just gonna assume you've been you wanted to play games, mm-hmm. and I'm moving on to the next one. And what's your um, what's your tip? Singles. You can still give tip as yeah, a married. You married, but you can give a tip <sighs> I think my thing is know what you want, what you're looking for. Um, I think there's a lot of things we don't think about in relationships because we look for other people to make us happy. And it's like, what do I want out of life? I'm not necessarily saying what do you want in another person, but what do I want out of life? Sometimes we look at like uh, certain benchmarks or things we want to achieve, but we don't look at the things that make us feel content and happy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like to travel. That makes me happy. That's not necessarily some type of benchmark. Now they have this thing, the bucket list and all that. And I have things on my bucket list, but that used to didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I know that I want to see different places in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I have a few places I want to see, with. but I, I want to experience that with somebody. And I don't want somebody that's going to be a homebody. So when I say knowing what you want, know that if you want to travel the world, you don't want somebody that's always wanting to be at home. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or if you know that you want to have a family one day and family be important, know that a person that you get with, you want them to share that value, that you want them to also be interested in having a family. You know what I'm saying? So when I say know what you want, I mean that. Like what is going to make you happy? What do you think you really want to feel like um, you're living your purpose in life and that you're getting the most out of life? Cool. What you got? Um... I would say this just on a a spiritual human interaction level when you're meeting people for the first time trust the God inside of you like trust your intuition your instincts and trust that energy so whatever you feel about that person at that time trust it go with it yeah cause you might meet somebody for the first time and you're like he look crazy right some just said that to you yeah but he came and gave you a smooth talk, charmed you, and all this stuff, and then he ended up beating your ass. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like those initial thoughts. Yeah, those initial red flags. You might not even know this person. And I just find that in the work that I do, 
but probably in the work that y'all do too because we talk to so many different people mm-hmm. that you feel these different energies from them and then they'll say something like I was right you know what I'm saying yeah, energy About doesn't this. lie man energy don't lie it doesn't so trust it especially when you're dating you know y'all out here dating and stuff you know, so just trust. I sound like somebody's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, you are. Yeah. You is somebody's yeah, daddy. But My. just just trust that that God in you to be like, nah. No matter what they say after that, you know what I'm saying. Just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nice conversation. Exchange number. No, I'm good. Thank you. Trust it. Well, that's a wrap, y'all. Thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all out. for coming. This has been. See, we got to get we got to get y'all back. On um, like other discussions, yeah. Because I can, we want to use your minds. I'm wide open. All right, all right, everybody. Until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Peace.